0: Jan Rosborn. Today we're going to talk about what qualities we look for in people that we associate with and I guess for me the first thing that I looked for is that they can communicate. Communication to me is probably the most important skill that is underrated in the executive world and, and generally I think in any sort of work environment. Communication is going to be the issue that creates problems and solves problems. And by communication, I don't just mean that they can use email, they can use inter-office memos, they know how to talk to one another. It's a combination of all of those things and it's not just the physical activity of communication, it's the thought that goes behind it and it's the words, it's what you are communicating as much as how you are communicating. So number one for me is communication.
1: Unlike variety. I like people with different cultures, different beliefs, different backgrounds. I like different age groups because they add another dynamic. And again, when I reflect on what Kim just said in relation to communication, I think in each one of those, they actually communicate differently, whether it's a cultural difference, whether it's an accent, just like mine. (laughs) And so if you look at that, I do very much enjoy the difference in other people, and and that goes to their behaviour, their beliefs, their attitudes, and their outlook on life. There's also the opportunity that at
0: different points in your career and at different levels within an organisation, you're going to communicate in different ways and you are expected to communicate in different ways. So it's an area where you can always be learning and always be taking on new ways and new methods of actual communication as well as the words and message that gets sent. Other qualities that I look for apart from communication skills is probably passion. I really enjoy being associated with people who have a passion for what they're doing. I think when there's a passion that's obvious, it carries on through the organisation or through the, the, the work associate, and you just get caught up in the excitement of what someone's doing, whether or not it's of interest to you. Now, I have to say that my great passion at the present time and for probably the last mm-hmm. 10 years has been floral art art with flowers it's flower arranging in in lots of people's terms but to me it's looking at nature and seeing the art that is in nature around us and then presenting that in a way that other people can appreciate and I know that my passion for floral art has a flow-on effect to those around me whether it's just that they feel that they have to learn something about it to be able to talk to me or whether in fact as with this person here talking to me today they will travel halfway around the world to be involved to, to bask in the glory of my success um, <laughs> it's still a matter of but if you look at it
1: clinically it's passion for me um, another thing I really value is attitude I think attitude is everything if you have the right attitude positive Combined with the passion that Kim talked about as well, you can do things. To have the approach where you say, nothing is going to stop me, I'm being realistic, I know there are obstacles, I know my limitations, but to still be go beyond that and stretch oneself and challenge oneself in doing more. Be excited by the journey, not just the destination, have the attitude where it says, Yes, I tried that and it didn't work, but I did try it and I'm so happy I did. Now I know. Now I have to look at it differently and try again and confront reality head on. So yes, it didn't work. I did invest in it time and energy and money and it didn't work, but so what? Now I learned a lot from that and I can share that learning and do something else. I like Optimism, obviously, which is, again, part of that attitude, and I like that people would do it with high integrity, so they're looking at getting right outcome, not just for themselves, but for people that are affected by their decision.
0: We're sounding very philosophical, and if we looked at it from the outside, it must sound like, where do you find these people? You know, where Everyone works in a real world, not in this wonderful place where everyone's passionate and loves what they're doing and turn up positive every day without their charge of coffee before they walk through the office door. We're talking from experience, our work experience, and we've been combined in work years, well over 50 between us. (laughs) Well over, well over. And so we've had situations where it hasn't been easy, it hasn't been pleasant, it hasn't been positive. You know, The whole approach to some organisations is not positive and so you can't expect the people within them to be positive. But there are ways of identifying where people have these qualities even if they're not confident about expressing them or not allowed to express them. So we're not talking about the ideal situation. We're certainly talking about and thinking about when we talk about work situations that we have been in and what made those situations better or the best situations work-wise that we've been in. So I can tell you now that Fuliana's got a list and so we better work
1: through her list or we'll never get through this session. I guess if we look at someone's attitude at work and you say like there's a group working on a project, and somebody will say, look, we tried this before and it didn't work. And somebody <laughs> you else... You get the
0: perennial person who just sits in a meeting <laughs> and no matter what you say, they'll just sit there with their
1: arms crossed and say, no, we've tried that. No, we've done that before. And the the approach to take with a person like that is not to just dismiss them and say, look, you're being negative. Is to actually engage them into getting the results. So you say to them, well, okay then, why didn't it work? What was the circumstances at the time, so was it the environment? was it the systems? was it the money? was it the location, whatever it is, and then they part of the solution Now, you will get those objections throughout, but I think if we look at those objections as contribution to avoid us making and repeat mistakes, it's not a bad thing. Yes, it's frustrating. Do I always handle it like that in real life? No, I get frustrated too. But when I I step back and I think about the examples I had over the years, then I think it does work if you're a bit more patient.
0: And in that situation too, sometimes it's preparation. If If you as the person proposing this new activity, this new project, this new procedure... You think about it in terms of what objections will I have, will I encounter to this? You, and if you think about it, you'll know in an organisation what, what objections are going to be raised. If you can embrace those and when they are raised, say, I'm so glad that you've brought that up because I couldn't find any information on what happened last time. I don't understand why it didn't work last time. Can you tell me why it didn't work last time so that we can include that in our planning of this process, procedure, new project, so that we don't make the same mistakes again. And you include them and their knowledge and their resources. It gives them power. It gives them a feeling that they can contribute rather than fear of treading the same path and making the same
1: mistakes and having the same result as last time. Another quality that Kim and I discussed is we we get very energised by people who are constantly improving themselves We certainly try to do that ourselves and constantly improve ourselves you you because she knows <laughs> what she's talking about yes because Kim keeps pulling me up on it and making sure I stretch myself which is great and you need people like that in your life you need your friends to do that. you also need people to be able to tell you what you did wrong Now that sounds easy. But you've got to have the courage to listen to that feedback, take it seriously, take it constructively, and act upon it. And I think that sometimes it's hard for us to do. We like compliments, but we don't like negative feedback, which is human. But the good thing about that is then you can sit back, reflect on how you came across in that situation to a certain person and go do something about it. To me, this is very powerful and even just as powerful or more powerful than just going learning through experience in, in jobs or doing a course at university all of that is constantly improving yourself in your style, in your behavior, in your interaction with people. So if we did that at the same time as in improving technically and growing our career and changing career directions and industries it's it's wonderful and the people that have many many people have done that obviously and in our circles we get lots and lots of hours of very uh, stimulating discussion about those experiences don't we king well it's Mm. no different to
0: looking at any process any process needs to be measured And how are you going to measure yourself, your process, if you don't look for feedback? And there's no point looking for feedback if you're only hoping that someone will pat you on the head and say, that was really good, because that's just not realistic. But what is realistic is to set yourself a goal, understand how you will measure for yourself that you've reached that goal, but also incorporate in that
1: measurement how you will have reached that goal
0: in others' measurement or in the measurement of others.
1: I think we also look for people who are ambitious. And I think the word ambitious can mean different things to different people. Mm -hmm. Ambitious for most people means that you're growing your career upwardly. That's not necessarily what I expect. I think being ambitious could be that if you want to progress in career and become to the top CEO, whatever it is, then yes, that's ambitious. Ambitious is also beating your personal best at whatever you do and you think, well, I'm able to do this now and I'm going to push myself to the next level and next level, not necessarily career level. The other one that I think sometimes it's undervalued are the people that want to be experts in what they love, which is somebody's working with us and amongst us who love doing their job and they want to be the best at it in comparison to, say, the peers within the organization, the peers within the industry. And internationally, they pride themselves on doing the best salesperson, the best operations person, the best whatever person they chose to be. And that, to me, is very ambitious and in some ways harder to maintain as you're doing more of what you've been doing and you're raising the bar on yourself all the time. So I love that about people who are clear about what they want and they're ambitious in appetite to meet that.
0: I think ambition is an interesting word because we in this country interpret it in two ways. If we're talking about a work situation, we would say we would it would definitely be a negative. It would be he's ambitious, she's too ambitious, or she's a bit ambitious, meaning over-the-top ambitious. And it's a negative thing. It's a, it, It's almost understood that you're saying that they're reaching beyond themselves or beyond what you see they could do for themselves. However... If we look at it in terms of sport and and any sport that that we follow, we would want the proponents of that to be as ambitious as possible. So we see it in sport and see it in that arena as being a positive thing, but in a a work area where perhaps we are in competition with someone else, we see it as a negative thing. I just think that's an interesting Mm -hmm. uh, dichotomy of of thought, particularly in this country.
1: Yeah, there's a lot to reflect on there. Which takes me to the other one. At work, I often talk, or people talk to me, we talk to each other about politics at work. I hate politics at work. People say, I don't want to be part of the politics at work. I like integrity, honesty, being honourable, etc. My answer to that is, again, face reality head on. The truth is, politics does happen at work and in anywhere we go, whether it's in the sport, within your social life or in family life. So the best thing to do is know your own values where you would not compromise your integrity and honesty. But absolutely, you must be politically aware. So shutting your eyes to saying, oh, look, I don't want to be part of that is a mistake. I believe that if you're aware, you can manoeuvre around it We're still holding up your own standards and not compromise on them. Just as an aside, we
0: designed these podcasts so that it would sound like we were just having coffee and having a chat with you. Mm -hmm. So the noises that you hear in the background are us moving around on the chairs. (laughs) Mine makes a really loud noise and Fuliana's just squeaks, just so you know that, that that's... It's it's a it's a special effect in the background.
1: <laughs> oh, I think we know why mine squeaks, but I wouldn't go into that.
0: I <laughs> think I'm sure we're going to talk about health issues
1: later in the series. <laughs> oh yeah, the people I like to associate with are the ones that are very very oh, smooth change of topic fit very on good. their health on their health, and they're very you know proud of their appearance and and they challenge themselves. I like them even more when they don't make me do it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm just thinking this morning, I, I must be proud of my appearance because Bill said I could stop traffic with what I'm wearing today. Last <laughs> <laughs> so it lasts just as well.
1: as a podcast, I guess. Back yeah. to the list, qualities. No, oh, I think we're doing really quite well. The, The other one, of course, is creativity. Now, that's really exciting. I mean, when people come up with something new all the time or built on something with a new angle to it, I love being surrounded by creative people. I'm always amazed at how much talent there is. Sometimes with people that surprise us, so I'll give you an example of even in a work situation where we decided to have a happy hour one Friday. Well, there was no plans other than let's just chill out, have a glass of wine or a beer and before we go home, and we did that. And spontaneously... The way people just gel together, and some started singing, others talked to us about what activity they involved outside work. So creativity can be outside the workplace and brought into workplace. So by getting to know our people and respecting their different creative uh, creative abilities, we should really be able to get our projects done, new processes formulated and delivered, new products to market. All of these things can be, or even a solution, an innovative solution to a customer's problem. That, to me, is creative, and I think we don't use it enough and don't encourage people enough.
0: Interesting, because when you were talking about that, the first thing that came back to me was memories of our very early days working together where the organisation that we worked with had a concert every week. And we used to see people who we saw as senior managers and the most respected of people in the industry stand up in front of a group of others with a saw and play the musical saw and sing. And that there were qualities that we would never have known these people had. And just that little bit of insight, that little bit of knowledge of the other skills that they're carrying around with them that we don't necessarily use every day gives us some more empathy. It gives us an idea that there might be something else that we could ask them to do. It gives us uh, another resource that that we wouldn't necessarily know about had we not given them the opportunity to show us their creativity in areas other than the day-to-day requirements that we have. I just want to go back to an area that we was touched on briefly and that's about confronting reality head on. Increasingly as we work in organisations we see situations that need to be addressed and sometimes we'd like them to be different, we'd like to be able to work around them and we'll spend too much time trying to find the solution that works around an issue. And I think that these days, being responsible managers, we need to confront reality head on. We need to say, this is the situation. Do the risk filter. What's the worst that can happen? If that happens, what will the result be? And then work back from there. And there's just no time to waste on trying to work around a situation, hoping that some other element will come on come into being that will change the
1: way things are. I want to chat a bit about the learning again and growing. One of the most effective ways that helped me throughout my career is I've been very, very fortunate in having good role models in my career life. I had mentors even before the word was recognised in the sense that you saw someone and that person took a special interest in you purely to help you and purely to make sure that you learn in whichever way they could contribute. So I had many, many mentors, informal and formal, in my life, and I continue to seek them even now. In addition to mentors, coaches... And um, yet yeah, there is a whole lot of stuff written and approaches about difference between mentors and coaches, and I'm actually not going to go into any of that. But I find with the coaching, it's, it's to be more specific. Like early in my career, one of my coaches in public speaking is Kim sitting right here next to me, and um, I have her to thank and it was very early in my career and i learned a lot through that and i continue to hear her voice and guidance um, anytime i'm doing public speaking the other one is having cheerleaders now that sounds a bit uh, strange <laughs> i don't mean pompons <laughs> and all of that what i do mean is people around you that are really encouraging that will say look, this is really good what you're doing or have you thought about this other than the feedback, but really be there for you to, say, encourage you and and give you that positive reinforcement. I think those three sort of roles that your friends, acquaintances, bosses, people in, in your business life will make a huge difference to how you respond and then you'll have the pleasure as I have received and improved, as well as hopefully helping others as we're trying to share our experience here in these podcasts.
0: I think that the terms mentor and coach and the cheerleaders is a new one for me, so I'm interested to, to hear the, the thoughts behind that. But in terms of, of mentors and coaches, they're overrated and overused, particularly overused. We can all think of people who have helped us in our careers, people who have made a difference to how we thought about doing a particular function or task or job, and they are mentors without the capital M. And I I guess that for the the rest of, of what we do with these podcasts, we'd like you to be thinking that way, that what we're doing is talking about our experiences, our thoughts, and we don't want to be capital M mentors or capital C coaches, but we're certainly providing the services that would be seen as those services by the podcast that we're doing. Very briefly then in that session, we we talked a little bit about all of the sorts of qualities that we like to see in people that we associate with. One of the most important ones is giving credit where it's due and giving it immediately. And Fuliana's very good at that, so I'm going to let her talk about how you do that.
1: Oh well there's no real science to it. I think that if you let let's say you worked as a team and or you're leading a team or a member of a team and you're putting their work the results of the work forward, be sure to make sure that the credit is being given to the people that came up with the the work and the ideas. Likewise, when you're actually walking through the corridors and somebody says, I oh, like what I saw the other day, such and such area did um, something. And if you know which area that is... Just say, yes, I know they've been really consistently good. I like what they've done. If you know the names, mention the names because I think people, again, appreciate receiving feedback and the positiveness of the feedback only encourage people to uh, come up with even more ideas and share them.
0: I think too that you don't know how much it will mean to someone. I, I hire a lot of cars for moving around Different areas of, of the countryside, but I always go through one particular point here in Sydney, where regardless of where I'm going, and get them to organise it for me. And this is a fellow who I've had a lot of interaction with. Very shy. He's, he's professional in what he does. He's very good at what he does, and he always makes me feel like I'm not a bother when I change the booking at the last minute or have to extend it for weeks and weeks and weeks after I said I'd bring the car back on a particular day. The cars are always what i would expect and and they they do special deals for me and they upgrade me without me expecting it and all of which i appreciate reasonably recently i I was sent a a survey a customer satisfaction survey from the parent company and i thought yes i have to fill this in i have to say that the service that i'm getting there is exactly what i would want i I didn't think of in terms of being exceptional Though when you look at it compared to other areas, sometimes the the service that we decide we're going to react to is exceptional because we're not getting it in other areas. So I feel about the form and I said exactly what I thought. I'd rated him very highly and then I gave him some words about how it, it was for me as a customer coming into that environment. The next time I went to hire a car, he didn't say anything. I didn't know the process, their internal process of whether actually got feedback or not and right at the end when I was signing the contract to to drive the car away he said oh the parent company sent me a, a copy of your feedback I very much appreciate it and that's all he said but I could see in his face that this was a huge step forward for him the next time that I hired a car, which was probably about a month later. He was the chattiest, friendliest, a, a totally different person. And I think that we stepped over a line of communication there. And as you know, communication is my quality that I look for. And he couldn't, in in cultural terms, and in business terms, he didn't feel comfortable having a conversation with me prior to him knowing how I felt about the level of service he was providing, a very important lesson I learned out of that exercise.
1: I think that's an excellent example. And when you reflect on that in a business sense as well, where you will copy the person's manager or the CEO on a compliments letter. And from Kim's example, he, that that person, made a big difference to them. And I reckon it would make a difference to anyone.
0: Now, Fuliana stopped talking because she realised she said, um, (laughs) since I started counting about eight minutes ago, she's actually said it 25 times, but she just doesn't hear herself saying it now this is one of my public speaking lessons that we will be dealing with after we finish the podcast but it also brings us to probably the last quality that we wanted to talk about which is holding yourselves and others accountable in this situation, I'm holding both of us accountable. I'm holding Fuliana accountable for not remembering the lessons that I taught her all those years ago. And I'm holding myself accountable for not teaching them well enough that she remembered them. So there's going to be a session after this,
1: you can be sure. So I we, we, definitely <laughs> take accountability for that one. I'm very embarrassed.
0: <laughs> so, so we probably need to, to wrap this up so that I can get the rule out to wrap her over the knuckles. But if we go back just as a brief summary for you of the things, the qualities that we look for in people that we associate with, for me it's a good communication quality. A passionate approach to what they're doing, and that they will confront reality head on.
1: I'm just going to wrap up by saying um, we look forward to um, our next. Um, um, did you... <laughs> look forward to the next podcast, and um, future podcasts will have some interesting executives from around the world that will also will join us to share their views and experiences with you.